Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Shortcuts, like that unlocked just so much. And a lot of people that use the app, at least based on talking to people, uh, they rarely open the app, which to me is like exciting because my original pitch, you know, the reason I called it dark noise was it's a, it's a noise app intended to be used in the dark. Like the, the design is intentionally, uh, the now playing screen and full screen when you first open it with my original design had a gigantic play button. I slowly toned that down to make it less silly. Yeah. The whole idea with the app was like, I'm not trying to get you in and engage with you. I'm trying to let you do the thing that you want, which is play a sound, which the whole point of the sound is to erase the background world from you whether you're sleeping or focusing on work, whatever. Um, so you, you're not supposed to be in here looking at things. And so when people say like, oh, I don't even remember what it looks like because I never opened the app. I just run the shortcut. It's like, that's beautiful. Like that's that's how I imagine it working, uh, you know, across the board. Welcome back to another episode of Apple Pros. I'm very excited to be joined once again by Charlie Chapman, the developer behind Dark Noise and the fantastic launched interview podcast. In this episode, we dive into all things Dark Noise 3 and touch on some of the stuff that he added with version 2. This is one of my favorite apps for you know helping me sleep and just focusing on my work. And it was just a really great in-depth chat that included a lot of discussion on Dark Noise and the development process, plus some of our hopes for WWDC, which is rapidly approaching, and a bunch of other just random little topics that I think you'll enjoy. Before we get to my chat with Charlie, I just want to remind everyone they can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month over patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. My great thanks to everyone that has supported the podcast at one of those two places. It's it's really, really been of a huge help and greatly appreciated. With that, here's my discussion with Charlie. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, you were last on right after WWDC 2020, uh, episode 85, and I believe Dark Noise, uh, your app that we're going to talk about today, just launched for the original release, and uh, we had iPad OS 14 announced, and uh, it was a good old time back then. Yeah, I uh, I was going through trying to find that just to like listen, which yeah. I'll just say, it's weird that like... I can have something that's that old involved in uh, like indie iOS stuff. I feel yeah. like I'm still kind of the, like the newcomer here. Um, but when I was going back through that, there was actually another time I was on the show. Uh, we did a. Uh, oh, yes. What was it? Like an audio commentary? Is yes. that what we called it? Yeah, of, it was like uh, a New Year's uh, Day uh, audio <laughs> of the original I iPad uh, keynote yeah, that uh, presentation. Was fun. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Matt. Yep, yep. That was a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, I yeah, I don't want to do more of those the keynote commentaries. Those are <laughs> those are good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it's been a bit since we chatted about Dark Noise, and we're going to chat about version three, which uh, just came out. But before we get to that, I just want to check in. Uh, current iPad setup, like, what are you rocking these days, and uh, does the iPad have any kind of role in in your day to day? So I feel like. Like like probably many people in this community, uh, the iPad's in a in a bit of a like 
weird adolescent phase where, right. you know, you don't know what to do with it, but you still love it. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for me, I will like my gut reaction. Anytime somebody talks about it is I never use mine anymore. Yeah. Which is literally not true because I use it every week because I use Photoshop for the podcast that I do launched, mm-hmm. uh, every app or every, uh, episode has like a custom little icon. It's right. done in like a kind of a sketch style. Yeah. And I make that on the iPad literally every single week. So I, I open the iPad yeah. <laughs> every week for that. And then obviously I use it for testing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think the big like feeling I have where it's left my life sort of, uh, is the, similar to lots of people's story with, with the iPads is like the M one max kind of took over a lot of those roles, the long battery life, the, uh, speed, right. The Mac took on a bunch of advantages from the iPad as far as the Apple Silicon. But for me, it wasn't any of those things. It was the Mac took over as like the best portable screen I have. Oh, interesting. So you have, um, an XDR MacBook pro now. Uh, is it XDR is what they call it? It's whatever the, you know, it's the mini LED. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's what they're they're calling it at least. Yeah. And so it was it's that screen is very good. And you're combined a with Well, so that was the other piece is they allowed me to go back down to my beloved smaller oh, size. Yeah, so I loved 14. my fifteen inch before. Yeah. Uh and fourteen's even better. I, I prefer a smaller device if I can get away with sure. it because I like being able to carry it around and then I can plug it into my big monitor if I'm doing something at my desk. Um, but they made the 14 so good that I could actually do all of the video work that I need to do on it. And I didn't need the gigantic boat of a 16 inch that I had. Before. Yeah. I, I look back fondly on my uh, college days where I had the 17 inch MacBook pro oh, my and goodness. I would, I would love yeah, that into like, the lobby of the music building and with like an external MIDI uh, USB keyboard and I had an external <laughs> uh, a keyboard i'd have i'd just take over like this like table in there and just like be red music in the, the lobby with the desktop basically that would take yeah. an entire table yeah yeah yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah so uh i do appreciate a huge computer but at the same time i appreciate uh being able to just grab something small yeah exactly yeah um and yeah the screen on um the, the latest ipads with the xdr display it's it's amazing just just watching movies and stuff. Like I understand uh, that that allure. Yeah, with the, I the guess MacBook. the I guess the uh, the twelve point nine inch iPads also have the really nice right. display. But yeah. I am an I am an eleven inch iPad person. Ah, uh, yes. Um, very much prefer that size. Yeah, similar to the MacBooks. I want that smaller size, but with the power. Right. Um, and they they still haven't brought that they to the iPad. No, so it's frustrating. I'm still rocking the same iPad that I was rocking last time we recorded this, which is the 2018. 2018. Yeah, it's a solid, uh, solid iPad. Yeah, I mean that that thing has stayed with me, and it even lets me test Stage Manager now that they uh, right. had brought that back. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything I can really do with Stage Manager as a developer, but I can at least see my app on it. Yes, see um, that it's, it's resizing correctly in all the different size classes. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, I keep waiting. You know, this is the weird thing being a developer is, uh, you know, sometimes you want a feature on a new new hardware when you're looking forward to new hardware coming out. Sometimes you're like wanting something for this will make my life better. This will do whatever. But mm-hmm. a lot of times you're like, I just want them to add this one thing that makes it to where I quote need it to test my app. Yes. It needs that little thing. The excuse right? like uh, the Apple Watch. Uh, do I need this one for development purposes? Like, 
Mm, probably not. Oh, this one. Right. Well, oh, like it's when got the Ultra came out, and a lot of I don't have yeah. an Apple Watch app, but uh, right. a lot of developers are like, oh, well, I guess I have to get it because it's the bigger screen. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they haven't given me that for the iPad. For it's like every single version, it's like it's basically the same thing, but we bumped the specs on. Yeah. Whatever. We made the speakers a little better. We made the screen a little better, right. but they they won't give me that uh, excuse I need, um, which is clearly how you know their product development team should be making these choices. <laughs> and you can use the magic keyboard on your 2018 one. So trackpad and stuff you can test. Yeah, and, and exactly. Use. And that's, yeah. 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 I think, I guess that was the 2021 out. I know they came out. They right released at, the 2020. The yeah. They released the 2020 iPad pro in conjunction with the magic keyboard. Okay. It was at the same time. Yeah. yeah. But it works with mine. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, 2018 iPad solid. I'm curious where, uh, the iPad line goes in the future. Um, they're, they're, I hear talks of them being even more expensive, which scares me because I think my whole setup's like two thousand dollars for an iPad with the keyboard and stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, I, for me, it really is like the the pencil experience is the key. That's what. Yeah, I'm using it for. I've even like I actually finally really swapped my main case. I was keeping the Magic Keyboard on there yeah. forever. And I finally just switched it back because I'm like, I'm not typing on it almost ever. And right, when I am, it's not that the, big of a deal. Drawings, the, the yeah, so things. it's a lot easier to work with if I just use the original, you know, Magic uh, Folio. Folio, yeah, whatever yeah. their name, the one that you know folds over actually, yeah. and I can have it flat on my uh, lap a lot easier. Right. Um, so I kind of gave up on like the this is like sort of like a little tiny laptop. Uh, for the way that I use it. Okay. Yeah. I've always like just embraced, let me use it naked when I want to not use it in the keyboard and just yank it off the magic uh, keyboard thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I was doing. Part of it though, is like, especially on my desk because mm-hmm. it has a little camera bump. It like makes, uh, it feels yeah. uncomfortable. Right. And with the full, you get, you get a case. little angle and stuff too. It's nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, WWDC is coming up pretty soon here. Um, that it is. <laughs> any personal hopes uh, for for what they they do here? Uh, the same hope I've had for how many years have I had an Apple Watch? Third party <laughs> watch faces. That's all I want. Yeah. Uh, the rumor is this year that there's major changes coming to watch. The biggest OS. sense uh, release, which that's a bold yeah, statement. Yeah, I, I don't know what that means. I don't either. Uh, but if, if they walk wild. on stage and they say, you know, welcome to WWDC. We can't wait to show you all all the amazing things we've done. And they, they say two things. They say they just open up a phone. You know, Tim Cook holds it up to the screen and he long presses on an icon on the home screen and everything starts wiggling. And he grabs one and he just pulls it down to the bottom of the home screen and lets go. And it stays there. If he does that, I'll lose my mind. Yeah. And then if he pulls a watch out and he goes, look at this, you know, underscore David Smith uh, watch face yeah. that you can now buy from the store for $80 or something. Right. Both of those things, I'll lose my mind. And then they can walk off stage, <laughs> no headset, no anything else. Right. Uh, no, that's that's what I secretly wish, not secretly, very publicly wish for every year. Yeah. Um, and then don't really actually have hopes. But this year there's a slight hope right. with this whole watch OS redesign yeah, uh, that's uh, supposedly happening. I wonder if they'll call it watch OS X. <laughs> yeah. It's version 10, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the big thing. I think, let's see. I, 
I like to make a little note of uh, my wish list things, and then I, you know, I always post them uh, the morning of. Yeah, play bingo with them yourself. Yeah, as I go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I don't have like a super fully fleshed out thing. And most of these are just based on, you know, rumors that have flown around. Yeah. But I think the big thing for, at least for my app for dark noise is expansion of widgets mm-hmm. uh, would be really nice. Yeah. So, we hear interactive could be a thing, which could be, that'd be nice yeah. to be able to hit like a sound and not have to open the app to right. That's to me, that's the big thing. Like I think interactive you know, there's kind of like this long variation of or a uh, gradient of what that can mean. There right. can be like, can I have a calculator, you yeah. know, tip calculator in a <laughs> widget, right? Peacock, yes. Um But then there's also, can I do what shortcuts itself does mm-hmm. currently? Which isn't really, I mean, it's interactive, but it's not really interactive any differently than what the current widgets are. Yeah. The only difference is it doesn't open the app. Yeah. And that to me is what would be killer. If I could like, essentially do the exact same thing where you you tap it and it lets me run a little bit of code in the background and maybe uses that same uh i think it's like a siri based uh intent interface thing where it pops down from the bottom kind of like shortcuts does yeah but even without that like it, it mine is essentially a soundboard right uh for kicking off sounds yeah same with the apple music app like i would love to have that as a widget as well um and yeah. that's their own app so yeah, that that to me is what I really want. I like I personally think it would be cool to have fully interactive widgets That'd where they great. can update things. Um, but I understand there's battery concerns there and you know, as an Android user, uh if in the past I know how widgets can run wild <laughs> on you. Um so I I appreciate the <laughs> the uh you know, restraint there yeah. with giving giving us developers a little too much power. Um but yeah, I would love to have more interactivity and then also just expanding where they're used. I think like the stuff they did with the lock screen last year was great. Um, there's some rumors that they're going to like redesign the control center and put widgets with in there. the lock screens. Yeah. Like they already gave us the little, the little tiny lock screen widgets letting us put those in the yeah. control center would also be really great. Essentially it's just like, you know, where are more areas where uh, my app or apps yeah. that I like can infect the rest of the OS? Right, uh, that'd be very cool. And widgets are a great way of doing that. Yeah, I was just thinking back to the watch. If um, this is the year we finally get watch independence, like the biggest release ever, is uh, you don't need an iPhone anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, like independence meaning no more it iPhone need required it, even to set it up. Yeah, is that like I hear people say that as a thing? Yeah, but. It, how much do people want that? Because mostly it'd just be for kids, but they have a system for that. We right? could sell it to Android people too, I guess, too, is the other thing. True, but how many I mean, how many Android people are gonna want that? Yeah, like, I don't know. The biggest selling sure. point for the watch to me, to most people, is well, health stuff, but then very close second is the notifications. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. And it's it it is becoming more independent, like you can use it more away from the phone and it still does stuff right. these days, um, which is good. Um, as far as the watch, is there any API that they could add that would inspire you to create dark noise for the watch? Or is it not even that? Is it a, um, is dark noise not in the watch out of, um, you just don't think it's, it's worth it at this point as far as like the use case. I mean, I, I get requests for it, so mm-hmm. it's definitely on my list. I'm also a nerd who, 
likes the idea of having an excuse to buy a new Apple Watch every year. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> and like just the idea of yeah. building on it. I like Swift UI. Um, so, you know, the, the actual uh, SDK for building, you know, apps on there seems like it's actually pretty good now. Yeah. Um, the part that scares me off is, you know, it sounds like watch connectivity is uh, to the phone is still kind of a nightmare to work with. Um, yeah, you'd almost want to make it like, standalone. Like Audible finally yanked the chain, and the Audible app doesn't sync audiobooks from the phone anymore. It just downloads them independently over right. Wi-Fi. As long as, as long as you disconnect your phone from your watch. See, that's the thing, right? It's <laughs> that's those, the thing. Yeah. Marco Arment constantly giving the horror stories of getting audio files sent to the watch. Yeah, I'm constantly much. whenever I try to. So I'll use Outcasts for a podcast on the watch because it's the best standalone Apple Watch podcast app I found, and um, I've got you can tell Siri to open Bluetooth settings on the watch, so I can yank off Bluetooth on the watch, and that forces it on the Wi-Fi. And when it's on Wi-Fi, the Siri still works. So I can then say to Siri, "Open Bluetooth settings," and it'll pop me back in, turn it back on. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm yeah. constantly forcing myself to be <laughs> cellular or Wi-Fi to do stuff on the watch. That's so they that's should fix part that. Of it. Yeah. Uh, the other part of it is right now, all of the sounds and dark noise are baked into the app itself. Yeah, that's what um, you'd probably want to do, right? Where you download the watch app and just built into that app, but would would that be a huge Apple Watch app? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know. I haven't done the research on this, yeah. but I don't know what kind of size requirements there are. And I'm my whole the thing I'm working towards, mm-hmm. kind of s- slower than I'd like to, is building out a whole backend. This is part of Dark Noise Three's yeah. changing business models to support this, but building out a backend where I can expand the library quite a bit more. Yeah, and then you can download you know sounds independently, right. which would then allow me to do what those. Uh, the issue of the file size on the Apple Watch, but then introduces all the joy that all the other audio apps uh, <laughs> yes, have on the yes. Apple Watch, which is figuring out how to get them downloaded. Obviously, they exist, yeah, and there's people that use them. Um, so it's something I would like to do, but I'm kind of like, if I'm going to have to solve a bunch of pain points, I might as well wait until I've built out this new backend and then solve all the pain points for that as opposed to figuring it out in one paradigm and then trying to move it over with everything else. Right. I imagine the most, uh, the thing that would not work on watchOS at this point is the mixing, uh, technology from the iOS app. I'm not sure is, is I'm not even sure how, true. how does that even work on iOS? The mixing uh, thing that I mean, it's a to... live, it's a live mix. So I'm, I'm playing all of them. Um, you know, over each other, which is nice because it yeah. means that it's slightly different no matter what. Like I randomize where, you know, all the sounds themselves are loops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the example I gave whenever I introduced mixing was uh, you can add, you can make a mix that's just like 10 different of the keyboard sounds and it'll sound like 10 different, you know, keyboard things going. They're not all like synced up. If that makes sense, oh. so I'll start the loop. I didn't even think about spot. that. So if I have like, I could have five airplane interiors going at once. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and the advantage to that, um, and every once in a while, somebody will like hear the loop. You know, they'll hear a sound that once they identify it, then the start it really the bothers them that they. Yeah, well, it's not usually the start. It's just a sound uh, inside of it that yeah. you know they notice. Right. And so I'll be like, well. 
try making a mix that's just multiple of them combined, because then the loop will technically still exist, but now you'll have this sort of weird variation going yeah. on together, and it, it masks it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And I guess I was actually... Um... I forgot there's a what's the other thing that enables you to like listen to overcast while using um dark noise. I think it's a, it's in the experimental feature. Yeah, so that was that actually came that was in dark noise 1. Uh that was a feature that came out between getting accepted by Apple. Yeah. And then I had like a week before I actually released it <laughs> and somebody asked for that. And it turned out it was really easy for me to figure out. Wow. And I got that in before the original one that I release. And I get so many like comments on it that I'm, I'm really grateful for that person that asked for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so when you're like audio on iOS is kind of an all encompassing thing, right? Yeah. Like you like take over audio you, often. Yeah. But that's only kind of true. Um, you can kind of, you can define what, your audio is to mm -hmm. the system and that comes across in different ways. So like, uh, for example, if you're like using maps, uh, navigation and mm -hmm. the person comes in to interrupt to tell you, you need to turn the left on the next street. Yeah. If you're, if that happens in overcast, you're listening to voice spoken voice. You want it to pause. Yes. Then the person to say what they're saying and then start playing again. Right. But if you're listening to Apple music, you just you don't want it to like pause. You want it to just duck the music down right. a little bit, keep playing, and then bring the music volume back up whenever the person's done talking. So there's actually multiple categories you can set uh, when you're telling the system what kind of audio you are, and one of those is called mix with others. Huh. Uh, I don't know why they gave us this ability. Because and why is like it more widespread as well? Is the thing. Yeah, well, it it does introduce a lot of weird things, which is why it's still inside. So I have a section in the app called Dark Labs, um, which at the top is like, these are experimental and they may go <laughs> away and they may cause issues. Um, it's not really something that will go away. Like people love it. Right. But uh, I want people to know that there's going to be issues. So the biggest one with having mix on is it isn't the main audio playing, which means yeah. it doesn't get the now playing widget. Um, on your lock screen. And so people will play it and not realize, you know, they, it's kind of like a, an errant tab in your browser that starts playing something and you're like, right. where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. um, and people, I'll get upset people, not upset, like angry, right. at me, but people who are like, something's wrong. The now playing widget isn't showing your app anymore. And I'm like, Oh, I think you turned the thing on. Yeah. Um, it'd be great if there was a way in control center to have, like when you long press in there, it's like, here's the multiple audio things. Everything. Doing. Everything. Yeah. 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 It seems like it should at least be able to tell you audio is playing. Cause it knows that. Right. Um, but I, I did actually get a semi solution for this in, uh, iOS 16 that came out last year because I was trying Live to activities? come up. Yes, yeah. exactly. Live activities and the dynamic Island, uh, there's a built-in, you know, now playing widget in there already, which is right. something that iOS has had for forever, basically. And that's essentially a live activity. So it didn't really make sense for me to integrate it. But then I remembered that I have this weird problem with this yes. audio. So I just rebuilt the now playing widget um, so that if you have mix audio enabled, it will it will create a live activity. And it's not as good as the default one, because mm -hmm. like if you hit pause, it'll open, open the app, app and then pause yeah. it. Um, but... 
I actually use that mix with audio all the time with Overcast in particular. Um, so or, when you well, have that enabled, with... it'll have uh, the two-way dynamic island with like Overcast and um, and Dark Noise. Yep, you'll see okay. two uh, two essentially live uh, yeah. or now playing widgets mm-hmm. sitting there. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and it's it's for me it's really nice because I have a weird I have a Kia and it has CarPlay, but it it has CarPlay that like I bought the car used and it uh-huh. didn't have CarPlay, and then I found out that you could download the firmware from Kia to an SD card and flash wow. it on. That's wild. Update. I was, was expecting you to say you're going to throw it in like a, a DIN unit, you know. No, 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 no. It turned out, and I didn't know this when I bought it, but it turned out it actually could get CarPlay. Um, <laughs> but there's, I don't know if this is related right. to that fact, but there's a weird, like, everyone's one with Audible, and sometimes it even happens with Overcast, but it's usually Audible. Um, I'll get where if there's a pause in the like voice that's speaking mm-hmm. then like the first you know couple audio frames of their voice will get cut off whenever they talk the second time hmm. so like the first word they say you know if they say the first i'll just hear erst uh and it drives me completely insane <laughs> I can imagine, because yeah yeah because and i i'm one of the weirdos that listens at fast speed and so you've you'll sit there and like what was that word and you'll realize you're not listening to the rest of the words yeah but i've i realized the hack is i can run dark noise with mix audio enabled with like spaceship or brown mm. noise or s- something that's really, really low frequency yeah. and turn it all the way down. And I don't actually hear that, especially when I'm driving, mm-hmm. but it's enough audio to stop this weird bug from happening. Um, so I frequently will actually get in the car yeah. and play dark noise along with whatever it is I'm listening to. And so <laughs> it's really handy having both now yeah. playing widgets uh, sitting there. I wonder if they'll ever add live activities to CarPlay in some way. I'm not sure if that'd be safe or not. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. I feel like that would be like a safety thing looking at like baseball scores. I mean, no, I don't think so. Cause I think it would be similar to the, like the dashboard stuff that they have right. now. Um, if they are expanding that dashboard, having like, I guess the trick is they wouldn't want you to be able to put anything distracting there right, right now. They're, it's pretty tightly controlled. Yeah, but you could imagine. You could imagine they might have a CarPlay entitlement for certain. Yeah, activities, exactly. Yeah. Which you already have to like go through quite the process to be a CarPlay. Yeah, I've thought about like trying yeah, CarPlay for dark I, noise. <laughs> Is that a, I, honestly? Yeah, I when I when my kids were younger, mm-hmm. we would play. Uh, well, at the time we were on Android, so we were using some, you know, janky free ad yeah. supported app that we had at the time but like we would play you know a heartbeat on loop or whatever we could do to get the kids to fall asleep right i could uh, see it like car. having some kind of real not not relaxing the fall fall asleep but kind of like you know zen out a little bit you know right well for the kid to fall asleep oh yeah yes, for the 100%. kid yes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh but i've heard horror stories that once you have that entitlement it's like your app updates are slower from then on out. Everything is, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's kind of scared me off, considering I don't think it'd be super high value. Right, yeah. Um. So we've kind of talked a bit about dark noise, but we haven't really uh, said what dark noise is. Uh, what's your kind of elevator pitch for dark noise, for those that don't know what the app is? I don't have a great elevator pitch. I usually just say it's a it's a white noise machine yeah. uh, for your phone, but hopefully a really nice white noise machine yes. for your phone that very specifically 
does all the things that you'd want the like classic indie app with all the OS integrations uh, yeah. to have. So there's a lot of really good. There, well, there's a lot of really bad white noise apps on the app store. Right. There's also a lot of really good, you know, meditation apps or mm-hmm. ambient noise apps. Um, but most of them are kind of experiences. Right. Um, and they're really focused on, you know, that kind of thing. My app's goal, it's like, I know it's like incredibly cliche, but it's mm-hmm. like, what if Apple were to design a, a white noise app? I, I don't think that's really a true pitch because I try to go way deeper than Apple go. Yes. <laughs> in, in that vein, what I really mean is like, when iOS 16 comes out, I found a way to do live activities somehow. Yeah. Right. When iOS 14 came out, I had widgets. I think I was like one of the first people with widgets in test flight. Just yeah. Full stop. Cause they right. like paused them for some reason and mine snuck through somehow. Yeah. Uh, I try to be <laughs> like the best platform citizen of any of these, you know, white noise apps that you can imagine. Yeah. And let Apple's updates that they do every year, uh, be the sort of thing that springboards the power that my app can have, which is why it also has super deep shortcuts integrations, uh, which I know people really like. And I try to, I try to really focus on how to make the sort of power user experience uh, better for people, which then multiplies the features that I actually have. Yeah. With shortcuts and like the, Using your app alongside other audio apps, do you have people like launching dark noise alongside a certain music playlists? Is that like a common thing? Yeah, I yeah. need to. I need to. Add, I, this is actually on my like short list of things to get soon. Is to add a couple more shortcuts for setting that like mix uh, setting. Yeah. Um, but certainly that is the thing that people do. That's a thing that I do whenever right. I get in my car. Yeah. Uh, mine is. Oh much- yeah, that would be like your your car play. And and that shortcut is pretty selfish because mine frequently my settings are always changing because I'm developing it right. Um, but a lot of the time, whenever I use it, I want it to be mixing with uh, <laughs> with with my overcast audio. Um, yeah, because of that bug thing that I was talking about. As a developer, you have to run either the beta or the alpha or the production. You can't have multiple instances of the same app installed. Uh, you can so like i could create a separate app um that's really just the beta version um and then that's what i'm you know pushing personal test flight stuff up to but then like users test flight stuff needs to be separate yeah um or it needs to be the same app so that if they're switching between the two their iCloud stuff is all synced and all that yeah yeah so I haven't gone down that route because that's a bunch of extra. And it seems like you for... want to be testing the, the next update. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not the worst thing that I'm constantly switching uh, yeah. settings all the time. Yeah. So um, you kind of jokingly said, like, what if Apple made a dark noise type app? And uh, Apple added a very bare bones version of some sound stuff in iOS. What was kind of your reaction to, to Apple doing that? Well, my initial reaction was, <laughs> well... I had two react. The first, like, there's going to be sounds reaction. Uh, there's a weird thing where, you know, I have a day job still. Like, yeah. I, I feel at this point like I truly am an indie developer, at least side hustle indie developer mm-hmm. now. But uh, I still get this feeling when certain things happen where it's like, oh, I feel legitimate now. And so the idea of being Sherlock, yeah. even if it's this really lightweight version of being Sherlock, almost felt exciting. <laughs> uh, but then, the craziest thing was, 
you know, they they show. I think they announced this before WWDC with their. They usually do like a clear the decks accessibility mm-hmm. uh, thing, like a week or two before. Yeah. Um, but the craziest thing was there's you know that one noise called bright noise, and then there's another noise called dark noise. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> And like immediately I'm like looking around, Googling, like, has anybody there was no nobody was using the term dark noise for this. Like yeah. there's some there's some random things called dark noise. There's now a movie in New Zealand called Dark Noise, which uh It sounds like a good movie name, right? I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um But it, yeah, it was like that well, that's kind of funny. And then I started getting paranoid, like, are they gonna like I haven't trademarked the name, which maybe right. I should, but that costs a bunch of money. Yeah. Uh and I'm like, are they going to like make me change the name? Like, I don't know what the legal implications <laughs> of any of this stuff are. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, the biggest impact it's had on me is I have a bunch of Google alerts set for my app name. And now I get a bunch of extra Google alerts whenever every, you know, blog writes about uh, the accessibility feature. Yeah. Um, it hasn't really made much of an impact. It's pretty buried. It really it's is. Not, yeah. It's not a great experience. Um so I don't think that's going to be too big of a deal. Yeah. And I think you have to like dis, uh, was that sound recognition? You had to like disable something to make it work. Even I forget. I don't remember. It's not its own app. Um, yeah. so, you know, kind of like the password feature in iOS, like it's really nice. Yeah. But passwords, it's really its like, app, though. yeah, exactly. Really nice, yeah. Um, and so this, this one, it's even more buried than the passwords. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And there's only like, three options or six options or something yeah. like that. There's not a whole lot of settings, obviously. Um, the thing that's more, I don't know, I guess concerning is the right word is it may have been today or yesterday. There was a German uh, rumor that came out that specifically said, this is talking about the headset. Yeah. Uh, but that there's going to, one of the apps that's going to launch with this is a dedicated, you know, meditation sound app uh, for this headset. And that was a little like, uh oh, yeah. they make it for the headset. Like it would make sense for them to just because they have a meditation app for the watch already. I wonder if it's advancing. Oh, that that's app. a good point because yeah. that isn't concerning at all because that's not you know about sounds or anything like that, right? Um, and they'll probably, I'd imagine, if they expanded the headset, they'd expand the meditation app to include some sounds and stuff to walk you through it. I guess that's I only true. know if I hook up my. AirPods, my Apple Watch, if a meditation, if what kind of sounds I get, if any. I imagine there's something. Yeah, there. I'm not sure how that works. But either way, that one was like, okay, I need to be. I mean, I've always thought about it to a degree, but I need to really think about it. Like, yeah. if they come out, you know, this fall with, you know, a straight up, you can play white noise and rain sounds and whatever. Um, one, what would the Apple version of that be? possibly look like right and then based on that what can i do to make sure i'm still differentiated the good news is like you know though there's already a quadrillion apps in the yes. store that let you loop white noise sounds um there is a lot of them that are free so i'm are that is already a thing that yeah. i'm competing with uh and the unique Apple's thing in this would, market is the sound packs are all kind of unique like you capture your own audio so if someone loves like for me i love your airplane sound that's only in your app um so that's i don't know if that's a differentiator enough for most people or not 
I don't think so. I, well, yeah. I take that back. I think there are apps that that's the case. So like yeah. one of the apps that I really like, uh, that I, I guess I consider a competitor, but the people over there are really nice. And we've talked, mm-hmm. uh, is portal. Yeah. And their sounds, I think their sounds themselves are a differentiator. They fly all over the place to Iceland and all these places. And they build yeah. these like soundscapes that are all, uh, ambisonic 3d soundscapes, something I'm wanting to get into, yeah. but like they're at a different level with that. Right. Right. Um, and they've and been so at it for years. I remember them early, mm-hmm. early days and just being so impressed with that stuff too. Right. And their app is very much an experience. It's called portals. It's, you know, it's opening a portal into a world or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I've definitely leaned way more into the, like, this is a utility right. thing. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of the way I think Apple would probably land somewhere in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be more like the Apple Watch experience. It'd be more experiential and less customizable. Right. Um, so leaning more into things like uh, like the mix feature. Uh, I One of the things I've, I have a semi-working version and haven't been able to get across the finish line for a while is like importing your own sounds um, and making that, a again, a utility. That can like cool. I can imagine versions of that that are not. So I could recur- record my own cat purring and make that. I mean, exactly. Because I I have, (laughs) I get so many sound requests uh, with this 3.0 update, uh, which we haven't talked about officially (laughs) yet, but it it added a free version before it was Mm -hmm. all all paid. And so I knew I was going to get a lot more users. Um, And so I built some forms. uh, Before you get to my email in the app, there's a couple spots you'll see that are like, request the sound, and it'll actually send you through a form instead of sending me an email because I get so many of those. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them are like very specific. Like the one I always go to, which is from probably like the first week of the app being out, is like I want uh, the spring cicadas from you know the northern Japan uh, from this certain time of the year, or whatever, or I guess spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's because it's because these sounds are very like personal to people. Mm-hmm. Like I get a lot of people who move to uh, like Arizona or California, even. Yeah. And and I've learned there are not bugs at night in it's these places. It's amazing. So when I moved, I grew up in the east. When I moved to L.A., I don't live there anymore. I live back east again. But I would go camping at night, and I didn't need a tent. I would just sleep under the stars, and I didn't get bit. It was like the most miraculous thing in the world. It's like there's no uh, bugs well, for out mosquitoes, here. yes. Mosquitoes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the lack of sound was really like oh cicadas yeah 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 because ah. i mean here if it's the summer and you you're outside like that's the sound <laughs> yeah right yes, it's the yes. sound of crickets or cicadas mm-hmm. or whatever yeah um and so like a lot of people that's what they're wanting is they want to replicate the sound of home ah. when they're in a place that they're not comfortable yeah um and so you know the ability to add in your own sounds it's like then you can go you can go download it from a place you can record it yourself Right, uh, and that's that's what I want to I want to nail that experience of creating those. Anyway, the point of that is the sort of that level of customizability is not something I imagine Apple no spending yeah. time on, right? Um, and so those are the areas where I think uh, I can stay worth paying for, which yeah. again is already a thing I'm doing. I'm competing with free apps, mm-hmm. a lot of them right yeah. now, um, and so this would just be another free app that won't be riddled with ads. It'll be nicely designed, 
but it's not going to go as deep as what I can do because Apple's not tar- they're targeting you know the broadest audience possible. So yeah. I, that was that's what I would need to do in that situation. I think, and I think I'm set up to handle that. Yeah. So how do you go about deciding to do a new sound? Like, say you get a thousand responses for Japan in fall. Do you say okay? I need to make a business trip and go to Japan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so to be clear, like I record a lot of sounds, but I also do licensed sounds. Okay. Uh, Yep. Like that type of thing. Yeah. Same. Like, honestly, I I don't know if any of the rain sounds are mine because I have never successfully recorded like a clean rain sound for some reason. Yeah. I mean, Um, it seems like a hard one to get. Yeah. I, I bought, uh, before, like leading up to this release, uh, knowing it wouldn't be until after, but I, I actually bought some new audio equipment mm-hmm. uh, for recording more sounds and specifically ambisonic sounds, so I can try and get some of these three D things for yeah. you know this potential headset that might be coming. I might need to you know compete in that space more. Um, but so you would have a way of doing um, spatial audio within Dark Noise if you <laughs> had the right mic setup. <laughs> I have, I've been way down in the weeds many times on, uh, multi-channel audio and how the spatial audio renderer works. And I still don't understand, like most of the apps that say they support spatial audio, they kind of, they, like they do, like it's just head tracking audio. for some of it. Yeah. And it's like their own head tracking. Yeah. And like, I think like portal is an example, actually, I think the way they're doing it is technically better, like on a pure mm-hmm. audio quality standpoint. Um, but like I said, the sort of differentiator there is like, they're really honed in on, on that audio quality, yeah. the experience being as good as humanly possible and giving you that presence. Um, whereas like, I think for dark noise, doing it in the sort of running it through Apple's renderer and doing it this quote unquote native way, even if it's technically not as good, I think would be like an advantage in my case. Like I think people would rather have, uh, have it running through Apple's thing, which you can turn on and off and control center and do all those things. Um, but I have not been able to successfully get that working. I've tried a couple of times. Um, and my, I have a little small release I'm working on now, but after that, um, my next main thing I'm targeting is a, is doing a rewrite of my audio engine in part to prepare for some of these, other features, which spatial audio is a big one of them. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I can get there and hopefully I can get there sooner rather than later with this, this headset coming soon. Yeah. I um, desperately want an iPad app where I can mix audio and spatial audio. That just does not exist on iPad at all. You need like a Mac with like logic and stuff, I think. Oh, mix as in like actually output a uh, multi-channel. Yeah. Audio. Let me edit in multi-channel and output that in some way. And, That'd be fun. I don't know. Did you have fun like playpen to like experiment with? Yeah, yeah. There's some apps that uh, you could kind of do that like live on the fly, but you're not going to be able to spit out. Right. You There's know. no export uh, from that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And like, it'd be fun in like Luma Fusion to have like a, you know, a Dolby Atmos <laughs> output kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It gets it, audio formats are strange and overwhelming. Uh, yeah <laughs> and yeah not the clearest thing and like no the ambisonics stuff is apparently like 
some format from like the seventies or something that because of VR mm-hmm. kind of came back suddenly. Right. But like a bunch of tooling is getting made, but it's still built on this thing that was sitting sort of dormant for 40 years or 50 years, apparently. Yeah. So and PS five has like, um, a 3d audio like chip in it to make like even PS four games render 3d audio and really, Oh yeah. 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 Really good way. It's like, that's impressive tech they're doing there too. Um, yeah, it's all very cool for sure. But yeah, as we figure out how to do it, it'll <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as you said, they're, they're kind of like piggybacking on like very old stuff um, in the audio world, which you know I've chatted before on MIDI and how ancient of a technology that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, version two uh, was released, um, and we haven't even chatted about that one yet. <laughs> We're gonna get the version three in a second here, but um. So what was um, kind of the initial response to Dark Noise that resulted in kind of the things you wanted to work on for version two of the app? So I think version two, the main feature was the mixing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was in version two. Um, I also had like uh, iCloud syncing for like syncing your favorites uh, Mm -hmm. and your mixes themselves between like your iPad and your iPhone were pretty much the the two at the time. Yeah. and yeah, I, the mixing thing, uh, getting the interface right, you know, obviously took a that could while. be confusing. Yeah. Like, let me, yeah. And trying to keep it feeling pretty native. Like there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of other apps that do mixing too. And, um, there's a lot of like very interesting and kind of wacky, uh, interfaces for doing that that are fun, Yeah, but trying to do it in a way where it feels just like an iOS app, mm-hmm. uh, but it still works and is intuitive that that took a little while to nail down. Um, but I'm really happy with it. I think that adds just an enormous amount of potential variety into the app. Yeah. Um, that I, so I didn't have any analytics for the longest time, but leading up to this 3.0 launch, Mm -hmm. I added them and excuse me. Um, I can now see that like the most popular sound in the app is, a mix of some kind. Huh. Uh, so it's actually more like it's more popular than brown noise, which is the next. Um, Do you know, you don't know which mixes are actually happening, just that it's a mix. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, like it's one of those weird things where it's, I'm trying to keep the analytics as like privacy focused as possible. And yeah. so the actual mixes, I, I could add more like which sounds are more, more popular than others within mixes. Right. Um, but at least at this point, I was more just curious, like how many people are really using these, uh, or is it just so brown? Brown like noise is about. kind of the default most people uh, go to. Yeah, it's it's a little interesting now because I have the free the free tier, which yeah. does not include brown noise. It has white noise, um, and so that moved. I think rain is the most popular overall. How's my beloved of, airplane doing? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Airplane. So airplane's my favorite actually yeah. as well. Uh, that's the one I listen to whenever I do at night. My wife, the reason I made the app in the first place is my wife. And that's that's a waterfall that she uses. So that's actually what I listen to the most, probably. Yeah. Because it's from her phone. But if she's not there or I'm listening to something on my own, uh, it's usually airplane. And that was that was a, that was a recording I made uh, on a plane to Seattle um, right before the pan, the year before the pandemic. Yeah. And so. It's kind of like, it's like special, you know, this is what I'm talking about with the adding your own sounds in. There's something really special about 
uh, yeah. when there's a connection there right. to an experience yourself. Yeah. And I'd really like to bring that to people because I personally love that about a couple of the sounds. I just remember exactly. I remember exactly where I was when I got finally a clean recording of the car. Yeah. Uh, cause I would just like hit record That'd be so hard. With the and I'm just driving and then something noise. would happen that makes a click sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah, you'd hit it, hit it again. And I remember the exact spot I was, uh, on the highway in St. Louis where, you know, I finally got that clean sound. And so when I go to it, that's what I like imagine in my head. It's, it's a very cool thing. Yeah. Um, the airplane is the one I got, um, permission to use at, at night uh, while we sleep um <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed to use like the ocean or other stuff but airplane that one that one's okay nice <laughs> um i was just thinking um for version uh, three as you expand to more sounds and stuff it'd be kind of a um a funny uh project uh to like test drive a bunch of cars and have like a car section and here's like the the Porsche. Here's the the Ford. Hey, uh, there we truck go. I need like, it for my job. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, yeah, you record a bunch <laughs> of different uh, models of cars this year. I really like. I cannot wait to get this this back end system where I can just start unloading, uh, adding more sounds because I've had to be so slow and selective because I don't want the app size to balloon. And I right. know there's like there's kind of a hard limit, and so. I don't want to add something unless I'm sure it's going to be pretty popular. Um, and once they can be downloaded after the fact, I can really let go and start getting more wild niche, you know, ideas out there. That has me wondering how, um, like Gran Turismo seven on, on PS five, they, I'm sure all those cars, they recorded like audio from those cars, all like 400 plus cars. Oh yeah. That's gotta be. Yeah. I just think that all those are probably, I, yeah. I, I don't know if there's a way to do it um, because that's just on the PS, like the PlayStation. Yeah. But it'd be really fascinating to see the percentage of those games that are audio files. Right. Um, I'm sure. I know a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. A significant, if not majority of a lot of games, uh, file sizes are audio files. Because they're going to be, they're going to be using uncompressed probably. Exactly. I remember getting an update in the, one of the very brief, you know, periods of time where I had like PC games on my yeah. boot camped, uh, you know, windows. And I got an update for like, it was like just cause three or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like seven gigs. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, what is going <laughs> to be in here? And I like looked it up and it was, it was just adding uh localization for Japan. <laughs> All they did was add the new the language, voice recordings voice for recordings, Japan. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, that's unbelievable that 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 there's eight gigs of audio files which is why i think like a lot of games will have you download some of those tracks separately as dlc or something Uh, yeah yeah because yeah i would have to imagine especially if it's a voice heavy thing yeah like those rpg kind of games like Mm -hmm. that would be they must that must be so much uh, audio files yeah for sure um so you mentioned earlier that OS integrations is kind of something Dark Noise is awesome at, and, and it is. And those update outside the version ones and twos. Um, what have been some of your favorites um, that you've managed to integrate with? Um, I mean, we've mentioned a lot of them, the, like the Dynamic Island and widgets and stuff. Yeah, like honestly, weirdly, one of my favorites is the live activities in Dynamic Island. Even yeah. though it's a little, it's a little niche. Uh, I think it's like less than a, a little bit less than a quarter of people have mix turned on most of the time. Mm-hmm. 
also based on those new analytics, uh, which was exciting because that was more people than I would have guessed. But uh, it was more just like, that was a problem I've had since the original version, this sort of weird thing where there's not an outplaying widget. And then I like got a solution through it, through an API that they definitely were not intending it to be used for that type of purpose. But it, it like was just perfect for me. Um, but in terms of like, what's the most fun? I think the widgets are pretty high on the fun factor. Cause yeah. like they're so customizable and it's so easy for me to add more customizations mm-hmm. that, you know, I have a thousand themes. I have not actually a thousand, yeah. a lot of <laughs> themes. I have a lot of sounds. Each sound has its own icon. And you get, and you like, take advantage of the Excel iPad widget as well, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 I have all the sizes. And so, uh, you know, every time they do something with a widget, it's like I can sort of plug all these different inputs I have into it. And then it just creates like infinite variations within that. And that that's like fun for me. Yeah. It's also very visual, which I enjoy um, in terms of like value. I think the shortcut stuff hands down is the mm-hmm. other than other than like getting all of the audio integrations. Correct. It's a, it's a surprisingly complicated thing to get. Yeah. All the different details of like, if you unplug your headphones, does it pause? Like all that stuff, uh, nailed down. But other than that shortcuts like that unlocked just so much. And a lot of people that use the app, at least based on talking to people, uh, they rarely open the app, which to Hmm. me is like exciting Yeah, because my original pitch, you know, the reason I called it dark noise was it's a, it's a noise app intended to be used in the dark. Like yeah. the the design is intentionally uh, the now playing screen in full screen when you first open it. With my original design had a gigantic play button. I slowly toned that down <laughs> to make it less silly, but it's high contrast because I wear glasses. Mm-hmm. And when I'm messing with this at night, because I never remember to turn this on uh, before I go to sleep, it's always like we're laying in bed and one of us will be like, "Oh, the sound's not on. That's why I can't sleep." Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I don't have my glasses on and you're fumbling around. And sure. so the ability to just now, well, and now with the, uh, uh, the focus modes with mm-hmm. the being able to control your lock screen, yeah. it's like, I have a lock screen that has my airplane. It's literally the airplane oh, icon just right. sitting there. Yeah. I can hit it. Uh, that's not a shortcut, but like, right. Complication type thing. Yeah. The whole idea with the app was like, I'm not trying to get you in and engage with you. I'm trying to, let you do the thing that you want, which is play a sound, which the whole point of the sound is to erase the background world from you. Yeah. Whether you're sleeping or focusing on work, whatever. Um, so you, you're not supposed to be in here looking at things. And so when people say like, Oh, I don't even remember what it looks like. Cause I never opened the app. I just run the shortcut. It's like, that's beautiful. Like that's, yeah. that's how I imagine it working, uh, yeah. you know, across the board. Have you played around with focus filters? I don't even know if it makes sense in an app like yours. Yeah, that's it's that's one of those things that, like, you know, during the WWDC sh- sessions, I was like, okay, I can see where I can plug this in. Like, I can have a focus filter that sets a theme for the app. Yeah, uh, maybe it changes your favorites or something like that. But like, it never. It kept getting pushed down my priority list right. because I'm like. Who does this help? Who really needs this? Yeah. What are really distracted helps is me by adding seeing... a bullet point yeah. of saying, and I support focus filters, which doesn't actually help anybody. It's just right. 
it's like another uh, bullet it's like point for i me. get distracted when i have the waterfalls an option i might click it instead of my it's yeah. Like, uh, yeah so uh, i do i would like to at the very least i think it makes sense for themes because i right. know you know some people like to like have focus filters that change their wallpaper to a certain thing and the, or focus that when you get custom sounds i could see if someone has like 500 sounds then it becomes something maybe useful that's true yeah. that's a very good point yeah there's a point where i need to get organization i'm already at the point where i probably need to add search um and so yeah once that stuff starts getting more i can that's a very good point i can imagine that yeah and then um so Version three, uh, about a month ago, as this episode is being released, uh, uh, version three hit. And one of the things I noticed in release notes is remastering of some of those popular sounds, like the airplane. Uh, what was this process like of remastering uh, kind of some of your original sounds? So some of them, airplane included, mm-hmm. are, you know, I I made the original recording. Uh, I recorded everything was in stereo, but this the first version I did. I was very focused on the you're using your phone and playing it out of your phone on your nightstand, mm. you know, story. So you were and testing, very, you were testing the sounds with the iPhone speaker at the time as like, the yeah. Standard. Oh yeah. That yeah. was like the point. It's yeah. like, yes, you can play in other ways. You can use AirPods, but like people don't sleep with AirPods. I was not thinking of it as you connect it to your home same way. Yeah. Well, I I was eventually thinking that, but again, yeah. it was sleep oriented mm-hmm. in a HomePod. Even though it supports stereo, it's right. kind of a singular thing sitting yeah. there. Um, and and I was very concerned about app size. Uh, yeah. You know, partially because I wanted to make the library bigger, and partially because, you know, uh, the the good developery thing, especially at the time, yes. people used to talk a lot about app size, and I was like, oh man, mine's going to be like gigantic. Um, and also I, I think I underestimated how much thinning Apple does after you've submitted it to the store. Oh, cause when you so download like, it, they customize it for the device, right? So my local builds were like way bigger. Um, yeah. and once it got through, I'm like, Oh, this is like way smaller than, than I was expecting it to be, which wasn't as big of a deal. Um, but one of the th- things that came out of that was I made a lot of hard decisions of like, how much do I compress this and which sounds need stereo and which ones don't. So a lot of them were mono. Did it um, also influence um, the length of a loop? Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like the, the like noise sounds like white noise, pink noise, mm-hmm. brown noise, those can be pretty short because right. there's not a whole lot of variation. Whereas right. like the city streets or the coffee shop or something, those have to be quite a bit longer because mm-hmm. You don't want to hear very recognizable sounds. Yeah, exactly. Um, And there's a lot of variation in between. But yeah, I was it was always trying to keep them as small as I could, short as I could, as well as compressed as I could get away with, and mono unless I felt like it needed that. And I definitely went overboard on the mono side, especially. Um, And that was especially apparent once. I realized like lots of people are using these with AirPods and there it's like super obvious because that separation is obviously very strong. So I was kind of putting off doing this sort of changing all of this until I got this backend stuff built out. Mm -hmm. Um, But with this, with this 3.0 launch and specifically the fact that I'm like 
this is the switch to subscriptions. I need to, uh, like sort of signal and make that commitment that like, yes, I'm going to update these because day one of dark noise 1.0, the first negative feedback I ever got was all about the sound quality. It was, those were, those are the most devastating negative yeah. feedback to get where you're like, I agree with you. And it was a choice. Like, yeah. it's not like, Oh, I can go fix that now. It's like, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. And like, the trade-off is this other thing that I know you don't care about, but I care about and lots of other people care about. And so, um, mm -hmm. but and at that time, the file size over cellular, what is that at now? Is that 200 megabytes? Yeah, it's bigger. It used to be a hundred or 150 and yeah. Yeah, now it's 200. Um, and, and is so, that yeah, probably a goal not... too, to stay under whatever limit that is? That was a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I'm never going to cross. I'm not going to yeah. cross that line. Um, but also, it was just I didn't want it to be this giant thing that if you're you yeah, know, like Facebook's almost on an it feels like Facebook's like a gigabyte to download these days. Like, what are yeah, they doing yeah, in this yeah, website seriously. app? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Uh, yeah, so I think the issue isn't as big, and it's not as scary because I know, you know, with the with the switch to subscriptions, I have that income where I know I can do the back end thing mm -hmm. now. So now that's like a realistic roadmap feature. So I can start remastering these sounds now and my app size is going to start ballooning, but I know I have a fix for that yeah. in the wings. It's just getting there. But now I'm in that, you know, I'm on that track now to get there. So that's why I did it now. Gotcha. Um, and so the ones that I did were more or less the, well, now that I have analytics, I, I looked at which ones are the most popular mm -hmm. and that's what I was sort of prioritizing it by. Yeah. So it was like rain, thunderstorm, uh, airplane and what was the other one I did? Uh, beach. Yeah. Those are all very popular. And so some of them, um, like airplane and beach, those are the, the same sounds as before, mm -hmm. but, uh, remixed and like adding stereo back in right. and, and bumping up the, or lowering the compression I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, rain and I think thunderstorm, maybe thunderstorms original too. I don't remember, but those like, the original recordings I had were not very good quality. Mm. Um, so those, I actually went out and licensed new sounds that okay. sounded as close as I could get them to the original. Yeah. Um, but have that nice stereo separation. Um, and those two, I got some, I very quickly got feedback from people that are like the new ones sound good, but I really like the old one. And I was like, ah, I knew that was <laughs> going to happen. So the, uh, there's an update coming out fairly soon. It should mm -hmm. be, hopefully in the next week, actually, uh, that will bring those back as like classic, classic, sounds, like, Ap classic like Apple rain. has the classic green tones in there. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the, uh, you know, so I can give those options back, which yeah. I, I totally get, I should have done that originally. I knew it too, because if you will get hooked you on that to this one thing sound, every night. Yeah. Exactly. yeah like yeah. any change is genuinely disruptive because right. the whole point of this is familiarity. Right. Um, so yeah, I have to be careful with that. But I think that like the rain airplane one, it's literally the same, like, you know, it's yeah. pretty drony sound. Um, it's just in stereo. So you really yeah. should only notice the difference, uh, if you're wearing AirPods. Um, and hopefully the difference is just that it feels more like you're present right. than it being kind of singular. When sound. you, um, expand out the library and you're like downloading stuff on demand, have you considered adding a toggle to do mono downloads versus stereo downloads? Yeah, I think I would do that. Cause I think like if I start adding 
stereo or uh, uh, spatial audio sounds, yeah. you know, Dolby Atmos mix sound or whatever, those are going to be gigantic. And right. so in that case, I'll need that sort of interface. And I think yeah. I would also want, uh, you know, an interface for like, do you want the smaller, easier, mm-hmm. lighter weight one, or do you want the stereo or do you want the other one? Right. And it probably, everything would probably just default to stereo unless right. you specified one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to figure out with, with the downloading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, with version three subscription is kind of the new business model. What was the process like developing what the subscription would kind of look like? And what was it like kind of developing the idea of let's do subscription? Uh, I mean, I do a podcast where I interview other uh, app developers and it's a pretty recurring theme. Like, yeah, uh, I made an app. It did well. Then the app stopped becoming much of a thing and either it died and I started this new thing or I switched the business model and now I have recurring revenue and it can actually keep moving forward. Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the the predictable story there. Yeah. So definitely following along with that it's frustrating mm. i'm included in this group that's very frustrated that like i wish apple would just give us the ability to do uh upgrades that'd be great like, like i remember upgrades. the mac the mac i did that back a while ago and it was nice every couple of years you could pay you know 20 bucks to get the new version or whatever it is exactly um but that's not a thing that exists no. and uh from a pure you know uh, put on my money bags hat perspective. I'm sure I will make more money by it being subscription versus the other way, but I would personally feel better about it being the other way. But yeah. again, that's not an option I really have. So that, I mean, that's the reason for doing it. The other reason is, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to start expanding into things that would be a little riskier right mm-hmm. now. The apps look so safe because it's all on device. There's no backend component. Um, yeah. there's not a high like per user cost or anything like that. Um, and so I wanted to add a catalog, a backend system, a library that I can keep growing. Um, and this will help fund me growing the sounds themselves as well as obviously the hosting costs and everything that goes mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And a uh, great thing you did for those that purchased the app already from version one or two is you unlock all current, um, dark noise pro features when you, um, update. So, um, that's a very nice thing to do. And, um, get kind of like, how do you, um, I guess the, the challenge that not the challenge, but the, uh, your task now is to, uh, work on the subscription to add new things past this. So we have all the stuff we already paid for now. Let's now your task is let's, uh, let me develop things to inspire me to, to become a subscriber. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, so I worded that, very carefully yeah to give the impression of what you just said which is like you're one you're not losing anything and there may be a time in the future where you don't get a feature that subscribers get right like i i wanted that to be as clear as possible up front because i knew there's a possibility that might happen yeah i don't necessarily plan on that happening okay yeah um i'm hoping that you know, I'm tracking this. Like right now, the majority of my pro users are like legacy. I call them dark originals, yeah. but uh, re- you know, people who bought the app before, they're not giving me any more money ever again, no matter how many updates I do. Right. Um, and I'm hoping that that mix shrinks, you know, I'm continuing to every day I'm getting new subscribers. Um, if that 
group of legacy people is small enough, mm-hmm. then you know what? It's like fine. Like I don't need right to try and get them across the the to a subscribing because the business is running on its own. And this is just a group of people. I'm like, you know, thank you for, for being a customer for spreading the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing that changes that like dramatically is if, if I add a feature where it's like, it's going to cost me a bunch of money. Like if, if there was some AI feature, yeah, I am, I am like, very, uh, like, I think Marco uh, watching, I think Marco on HTP mentioned that, um, like he regrets, uh, this like grandfathering in of uh, lifetime, for like mm-hmm. three bucks, and now we have to. to and least, yeah, yeah that kind of reason is why I didn't say because going into the switch, you know, it's it's pretty scary. Like every one of us developers knows we've watched the torrent of hate that's coming yes. at people, right? Yes. Um. So it, it's it's definitely tempting to be like, "Hey, everybody, you're gonna get it for free for life." please, you know, love me. Don't hate me. Don't turn on me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to write in words. Uh, you're getting everything for free. However, there may be a time in the future where you don't. And I, that those, I think those are the exact words I yeah. used. It's like, I tried to make that as abundantly clear because I've watched this happen. Even in the last, you know, the week before I released, I've watched people find comments that people left from six years ago mm-hmm. uh, and throw it in their face. Like you said, you don't plan on doing X, Y, Z and now you're doing X, Y, Z. Um, and so I was, I was really trying to make it clear that, you know, this might change, but I, d- yeah. I don't necessarily plan on in that, that happening yeah. uh, again, unless there's something that's expensive at a per user cost for me. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that makes sense. In which yeah. case, yeah, that then it would be like I, I can't, I can't have something that all these users are going to start costing me a bunch of money, but I I can never get any value out of them uh, or any money from them in order to support that. Yeah, and, and as far as pricing, how do you come up with the the pricing at three dollars monthly or uh, three dollars? Yeah, monthly, um, twenty yearly, and then a fifty dollar lifetime unlock. A lot of uh, market research. Yeah. <laughs> so, because the, the uh, challenge is, you know, well, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, like, in your ideal world, what's kind of your mix of lifetime unlocks versus, you know, the yearly and monthly? Because if you have everyone just say, oh, I'll pay the 50 bucks, is that enough to um, su- support it long term? I, I don't think everyone would do that, but they could. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I originally was going to have that lifetime be a lot more expensive yeah. and some friends talked me down. Um, and it was based on like, basically you have to like, I don't know what my churn is going to mm-hmm. be, but it's, it's going to exist at a right. certain level. Um, and so most, most user, like the idea of having a user last longer than three years or four mm-hmm. years is, is pretty, that's like really good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with a lifetime, you have some percentage of those people will use it longer than the amount that, you know, they're paying. Yep. 2.5 years, years or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of them will turn out faster than that. Yeah. Um, and so it's not necessarily super dangerous as mm-hmm. long as it's part of a mix. Yeah. I think if I was looking at the data and like everybody was lifetime, I might get rid of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or raise it substantially kind of or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or, yeah, I guess that would really be the right answer there yeah. is like, is you kind of keep raising it so that it brings the, the mix. mix back in yeah. line. Um, and I, I have a lot of work to do on understanding this world better. Um, I'm definitely on the bad end of like, uh, I like getting all this data, especially because I was yeah. existing in a world with no data at all. Yep. Um, and now I have like all these MRR calculations and like, <laughs> what's the turn going to look like? And it's really hard to wait because it takes a lot of time to, to really get an understanding of mm-hmm. what the business looks like now. Whereas pay yeah. up front, all you had to do is wait for the like launch week to sort of die off and level off. And then you had a little understanding of what, what your business looked like. Whereas now yeah. it's like, it's going to take a lot longer to see what the turn looks like and see what yearly turn looks like. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so I, I'm definitely not an expert on any of this, but but yeah, to answer your original question, it pretty much comes down to a whole bunch of market research. It's it's really weird. It, it's really the whole process is awkward because um, most of the negative feedback I got wasn't the typical like you know subscriptions bad, you're evil. It's more like okay, subscriptions are fine, but it's it's frustrating when people switch to subscriptions, the price just shoots way up. Right. Right. I was a $10, uh, lifetime. Essentially. I didn't call it lifetime, but a $10 paid up front, you know, app. And now I'm saying $20 a year, which is pretty substantially different. And a lot of that comes down to, well, uh, to back up a second, I like dark noise is in a lot of lists. People Mm -hmm. write, you know, about, Apps to sleep too, yada yada. And well, it's also um, it's, a, it's it's a better app than it was day one when it was ten bucks. Like the app, it's not the same app as well. The app was four dollars day one. Oh, it uh, was okay. I'm trying to remember yeah, what I actually yeah. paid oh, yeah. back I've, in the day. I've, I've bumped it up. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So there you go. One yeah. of my goals originally was to make it like worth ten dollars. Yeah, that felt like this, you know, right. magical thing. Um, so that felt good. I think I I think that happened when the Mac version came out. Okay, I'm like, all right, you're getting two apps for one. You know? Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, but the thing is, okay, $10 app, when people write about white noise apps, almost every single one of them, it's the same story. It's like, here's this one app that has this feature. Here's and uh, $2.99 a week. Here's this other app and here's <laughs> yeah. these features. Uh, you know, $20 or not $20 a year. It's usually like $5 a month or something like that. And then it'd be like dark noise. Uh, the best looking app, definitely the slickest, but you pay for it. It's a, definitely a premium one. This one's ten dollars, and I'd yeah. always look at those. Like I'd screenshot them and send them to friends all the time, and I'd just yeah. be like, "I am the expensive app here, um, right?" But it's not just trickery. It's not like mm-hmm. seeing the monthly cost makes it seem cheaper. Like there is an element of that to a degree. Yeah. But the other part of it is it was paid up front, which meant priced into my app is a bunch of risk right because like, you can't try out what is this exactly. app well i like these sounds even i don't even know yep is that and something so, you considered a way in the free version to like test the pro sounds to like let me play like five seconds of this or you know 10 seconds of it to just see if i like the sound to inspire me to oh upgrade. yeah that's a like i what i one of my things that I want to build, uh, it's not going to be in this next update, but, and who knows, maybe it'll constantly keep getting pushed down, but yeah, I want to, uh, like the, the like paywall thing mm-hmm. that pops up. Um, I want that to have a 
version that will be essentially a preview of whatever sound that you tapped on if yeah. that's what triggered it. Um, but at least now what I do have is a trial. Right. So you can see the so, experience of the app. Yeah. And you can listen to every single sound. Yeah. Because like I like my uh, app preview in the App Store is literally just like me cycling through as many of the sounds in the app as I could get away with. Oh, in the video. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Because people would would send me like, hey, can I get a sample of this sound or whatever? Mm -hmm. And so now I can be like, hey, you can hear all the sounds by listening to the video. Um, But now it's like, hey, there's a trial. Like, try the trial. Immediately go cancel it. And then you'll have three days right now to... You can just go through every single sound and you can say, do these sounds, are they good for me or are they not? Because, like I said, it's a very personal thing. When mm-hmm. I switched to iOS, uh, the reason that a white noise app was on my list of weird app ideas, because I'm a weirdo who has yeah. lists like this, uh, was because I spent, I don't know how long, downloading I don't know how many apps. <laughs> and all I was looking for was one sound. Yeah. It wasn't like I was comparing uh, the variety of this one versus the variety of that. It's like, no, no, no. Which one has essentially the closest sound to the thing that I had on the cheap app that I had yeah. on Android. That was what I was really looking for. And so I totally get that like people want to hear it. Um, so I have the trial now, but I would like to get a like proper, you know, preview kind of concept in there. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it, there's the free version of the app. And then within that, as you sign up for a subscription, you have a, is the trial length different if you subscribe for like, the yearly or monthly is it the same it's only attached to the yearly so like right now it seems like this is the general way people design these paywalls Mm -hmm. but right now it's like when that paywall pops up wherever you however you got to it um it's showing you basically the annual as an option and so on the annual one if you hit continue or get or whatever the button says right now um it'll it'll include a a three day trial if you've never done one before. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a like all plans and that's where you can see, you know, if you want lifetime or monthly or yeah. whatever. Cool. Yeah. Um, anything we didn't cover about dark noise or version three that you want to touch on? Um, I don't think so. I mentioned there's a Mac app that's also been very popular. Like, yeah. Um, again. is that M one exclusive or does that work on Intel? Everything, yeah, Everything. yeah. It's cool. Catalyst is what cool. drives it. Yeah. Um, another one where it's like, uh, I didn't fully anticipate when I was originally building it how much people would use this for work. Yeah. And especially when the pandemic happened and mm-hmm. everybody's like working at home in silence or worse uh, with kids <laughs> like I was. Yeah. Um, the ability to create an environment that you want to create uh, mm-hmm. from an audio perspective became a bigger and bigger deal for people. Yeah. So I got a lot of requests for the Mac and I was, I was pretty excited to, to get that one out the door. Is, uh, the menu bar, uh, a big part of that app? Oh, I wish, I wish it was. <laughs> That's oh, a catalyst man. is probably not the best with, uh, playing around with that stuff. No, no, yeah. it's, I, yeah, I've gotten a couple hacky versions that can kind of work, but I've never shipped, never in a shippable state. Yeah. Yet. Getting the menu bar, in the right spot uh, is frustrating. I did make it, you know, kind of leaning into like what makes the platform good. Yeah. Uh, I think people, so actually this, this maybe dovetails into Mm -hmm. some iPad specific stuff. I think something that 
really differentiates the Mac and I think should differentiate the iPad, or it would be nice if it could differentiate the iPad, mm-hmm. but so far it hasn't as a platform, is like people think like iPhone, tiny screen, you have uh, you know low information density, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of whatever. And then iPad, big screen, content needs to be big or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, when I think of what makes the, I, the Mac special, I look at my screen right now, and what I see on my screen right now is not a bunch of full screen apps. Yeah. It's little tiny apps overlapping right. that are as only as big as they need to be. And so for an audio app, and this drives me crazy about the Apple music app on the Mac. Yeah. Uh, I don't need a bunch of content 90% yeah. of the time I'm using it. I only need this little tiny thing. Yeah. And so with dark noise, you can literally shrink the window to just the toolbar. Um, kind of like the cool. iTunes, uh, a quick what is they called the min, the mini player thing it's uh yeah it's kind of like the mini player yeah uh but the mini player you have to like switch into and then yeah. you don't have a whole lot of control like no. it's very confusing to get back into the normal mm-hmm. interface yeah. mine is just like it's more like the web sort of mm-hmm. in that regard it's like you can just shrink the window and then it becomes the thing based on your window size yeah um uh but yeah it, it's it's actually it's sort of modeled to look and feel like the quick time uh, player, if you're not playing a video, if you're playing audio, it's yeah. just like the tiniest thing because it doesn't need to be bigger than that, right? Um, and I wish the iPad because that that is a frustrating thing. Yeah, the um, Stage Manager, one of the earlier betas, you could make Windows smaller. And at some point, they made it so the minimum size of the window to be slightly bigger. And it's very frustrating. It's like, oh, I want to. Um, move this thing and it, it wouldn't let me get it any smaller. I do hope I want smaller, much smaller windows. I want to be able to That just, was the first thing. Yeah. Uh, literally that was the first question I had when they announced it. And I happened to, to know someone who, uh, cause I was in Apple park at the mm-hmm. time, which was incredible. And, uh, and they, they had a device that had it already. Cause you know, they had permissions yeah. to and uh they already had dark noise installed and like showed me how it worked and i was i a lot of my excitement was kind of deflated in that moment uh for that exact reason because i had already done the mac version yeah and i was like i was like oh like i can't i thought i could just bring the ideas i did in the mac to the ipad like i can have yeah. this little tiny player that just sits in the corner um but that was not that's not really a thing you can do and yeah, there's a lot of things in Stage Manager where it's holding your hand um, in a way that's frustrating. Yeah, and like I want size. the ability to have um, a window take up like half half the the space. Where yeah. where I want I want like a t- like you can have the skinny iPhone apps to take up the full height and whatever, <laughs> and you can shrink it down to like two third of the height of the iPad screen. I want half the height of the iPad screen, so I have two apps that take up the space of like one iPhone app and then I can have my big iPad app next to it kind of thing. And you just can't do that. It's right. Yeah. And the, and the, it's even doesn't let you like do like, you don't, you can't do like in between sizes. Like it's, it's like, yeah, you can get close to the size that you want, but it's like, there's not a reason for that. And it would be fun to have Certainly. a little, um, music player thing, you know, like the iTunes, like mini player thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be, it'd be, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating, and like, hopefully, it's just a V one, and we'll yeah. see. You know, 
more come out of that. But it, it would be really great from a developer perspective. It's like, let me check a box or flip a bit mm-hmm. to say, I'm a big boy. Uh, Infinite I resizing. can handle whatever size you want. Yeah. I will deal with it. Uh, OS, give it to me. And then you can make dark noise super tiny. Yeah. Heck, I would let you go down to like, it's just a play pause button. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I can do that. I yeah. have, I, I can handle it. Like, let me give you uh, the OS what my minimum and maximum are well because we have universal dimensions are we have universal binaries where mac and ipad apps they should if the mac can resize then the ipad code theoretically could also do that stuff yeah Um, you have apps that are not built for the mac that you can open on the mac and resize smoothly across all these different things and they work great yeah um i yeah apple i think wants to make sure you can touch everything on the iPad, which I think you could still touch stuff if you resize properly on the iPad. Like you can make a small window that's touchable. I mean, that's not a, yeah. And it could be an opt-in thing from a developer's perspective still. So it's like, you can have your extremely locked down version and we can all, you know, curse at uh, Instagram and Google docs or whatever. Yes. Uh, But the good platform citizens they'll make it work and it's probably not going to be that much work because we already make all these other resizable things work great. Another thing I just want to mention uh, back when you were first on, uh, you had just launched a podcast called launched. It has been going strong for many years now. Definitely worth checking out. It is also an interview show. Um, can you kind of give a quick pitch on launched? Yeah. Also another one that's weird to hear. It's been going for years now. Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like uh, it's been going that long, but it has. Yeah, so it's it's a it's an interview show, uh, as the name you know states. It's it's about launching apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what it's about. That's like half of what it's about now. I would say now it's it's me interviewing people who have launched the thing. Mm-hmm. Most of them are are app developers, um, but it's people who've launched something, and it's like talking about their kind of career and how they got to that point, which Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases I think is the most interesting part of the show. Um, And then, and then from that point, you know, how did they actually launch the thing that they launched? And then uh, what have they done since then? Basically. So again, a lot of apps, it's like, how did you get to this point? And then let's talk about the app. How, why did you make it? I mean, similar to probably what we're doing right here. Yeah. Um, But some of them are not app developers. Uh, I think the one that I'm I'm very excited about is uh, I had a I, so like my sort of side hobby before app stuff mm-hmm. has always been uh, motion graphics and video stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a guy named Seth Worley who's a like indie director mm-hmm. who I've been following since like high school. Like yeah, you know, he's he's like Paul Hudson is to a lot of Swift developers uh, where he's just like sort of a famous. Uh, makes tutorials incredibly inspiring personality. And so to me, he's like this hero. Uh, and I've been following his career for forever. And I got to have him on and talk about this short that he made. Uh, and he was pitching that short for a feature. Um, and they filmed it. Uh, it's like a real movie with huh. like actors who, you know, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be on Netflix or not or whatever, but like at some point this like movie 
is going to for real come out. And I got to talk to him for like an hour and a half. That's super cool. About making this short and how the short was a springboard to try and make it into a movie and who he's talking to. Yeah. So that was like just incredibly cool moment. But those, those are the types of things. I love digging into like weird details on how people come up with ideas uh, and then how they like execute on them. Yeah. No, that's, um, it, it's always, it's always fun doing an interview show. Cause like you, you get to meet some interesting people. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, oh, you yeah, really do. Sure. I mean, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, and then for people that want to learn more about dark noise, uh, what's the website to check out? Uh, you can go to darknoise.app, uh, or you can find dark noise on Twitter or a uh, Mastodon. It's dark noise at, is it indie apps.social? Okay. something like that it's it's on the website so cool. ultimately darknoise.app <laughs> is the, the safe place to send people cool well thanks charlie this has been a really fun chat i've enjoyed it yeah this was great thanks for having me back well that's my discussion with charlie the developer behind the fantastic dark noise app and the host of the launch podcast my thanks again to charlie for his time recording this interview and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in as a reminder, you can support this podcast over patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't left a review in Apple Podcasts, that is greatly appreciated as well. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.